What? Oh, oh. Shout. One second, please. Welcome to Designated Driver, where we explore the work and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Liz. And this is the third Star Wars episode. In our trilogy. In our <laughs> Kylo our, Ren. You know what I realized? Our first trilogy. That's cool. Today is... Mm. What this means is now we have to watch The Last Duel. Yeah, but we were going to watch What If next. We were? Do you remember that? we were going to watch The Last Duel next. No. Remember we had a text thing? You read something about What If? And you're like, let's do this after Star Wars. Do you remember this? No. I'm sure it what happened. What is it about? Did I completely excise this from my memory? Yeah, wow. It has the guy who is Harry Potter in it. Yes, yes. Oh, you then, remember it. I'm okay. excited. Okay, good. It just took good. you I'm a so sec. I'm glad we don't have to watch The Last Duel. And then. now you remember the text, right? Or not? Yeah. Okay. There was some article about how it was like a talky romantic yeah. comedy yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. But also Gucci's going to get in there. <gasps> I know. This is House of Gucci month and Adam Driver birthday month. And today is Joni Mitchell's birthday, everyone. Also. Happy birthday. We're recording on November 7th. Joni Mitchell's birthday. Okay, cool. So we're just celebrating Scorpios today. Yeah, Adam Driver's birthday is November 19th. I looked it up. Guess I, who else has a birthday this month? Your girls. Oh, yeah, them. And our rat Stormy. Oh. <laughs> and know, my wonderful beloved daughters. Wait, you know when Stormy's birthday is? <laughs> yeah, we asked the breeder. I mean, she might have made it up. I put it in my calendar, and then there it is, the 15th. So we have a little celebration planned. We're going to put out a little plate with a piece of lettuce, half a blueberry, maybe a seed or something. And a banana? Oh, yeah, piece of banana. Maybe we'll try to have a candle. I mean, we don't want any fur fires. It's going to be fun. That's on the 15th. So so Stormy and Jem aren't sisters? No, they're not related. Oh. As far as I know. They're not siblings. They're soul sisters. Jem's birthday isn't until January. Oh. Yeah. So Stormy's quite a bit older. Yeah. It shows. I don't know. No. <laughs> There's been a lot of rats in the news this week. Have well, you noticed that? I think you're more attuned to that. I am. Um, have you heard of the Popeyes video? Is it the guy that the viral got video? fired from Popeyes because he showed all these rats in the kitchen? I'm not surprised he got fired. I was like, wow, he must have been mad. Or something, yeah, because he opened up a Popeyes at night and went into the kitchen and then turned the lights on and then all these rats like scampered up a pipe into the ceiling. Oh my God, that's so gross. You know, I love rats now, so I'm like, well, the rats got to eat. Just like if you clean off all your surfaces before you start in the morning, what's the big deal? There's going to be rats on there. And then in New York City, your face is really showing a lot of disgust. There are these uh, sheds in New York City, dining sheds, that uh, I guess there's a big rat problem in these sheds. Are they for COVID so people yeah. can eat outside? Yeah, and I guess there is even more trash on the streets than before um. because of, I don't know, cutbacks or COVID or worker shortages or something. So apparently in New York, there's more rats than even there was before old rats so been reading a lot about rats gross i had a weird dream that pets kept accumulating we have the two rats in the cage and then we had two bunnies and then also two cats and two dogs it was like the noah's ark but they were all in the same cage and then there's dream animals that don't really exist it was really disturbing i didn't like that did the rats eat the bunnies I don't think anyone was getting eaten because we were just like accumulating more and more pets and I was going to just go take some outside. 
and just set him free. That's probably not the responsible thing to do, but that was my dream person. So anyway, today we're going to talk about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. I'm just gonna, I do? just have to take a breath about this whole rat situation. Oh, okay. You're totally so freaked out. Though. I'm so sorry. It's okay. <sighs> I mean, we are the rats because of Kylo Ren, but okay, taking a breath. Okay. Take okay. a breath. I apologize. I have this, it's not a fantasy, just something I've thought about at work because sometimes if a Zoom meeting starts, but you're like waiting for people and then everyone is just sitting there and it's total silence. One time someone said, show your pets. And so then people turned their cameras on and then showed all their cute pets. So I just imagine someone's going to ask me like, do you have any pets? And be like, okay, brace yourself. It's rats. <laughs> but you guys are all in on the rats. Yeah. Like no, yeah, we love the rats. All in on it. They're such sweet, nice pets and easy. Should we move on to Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard to give recaps of Star Wars because there's like so much backstory to go into. I was preparing for a podcast this morning, so yeah. I was looking up reviews, and I read an AO, you know, AO Scott writes for the New York Times. I do. And I read the trilogy of reviews by AO Scott. But the thing that was interesting to me is he had a really good way of recapping what happens in The Last Jedi. I want to read an excerpt of his review about the narrative. Wait, should we do Adam Driver news first? Yeah. I've got two news items. Okay. Okay, first House of Gucci, and the news is good because it's coming out <laughs> on Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. They've been dropping a lot of little bits and trailers and things, and it definitely looks like the movie is all gaga. However, everyone is in it, and I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. And then, more to the point, Adam Driver looks so cute. His hair mm -hmm. is so cute. It's brownish gray, and he looks distinguished and stylish, and I'm so into it. I'm super mm -hmm. excited. Yeah, there was an article that we read. I don't know if it was the headline or something, but it, it was something like, inject this trailer directly into my veins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it just looks so cool. I mean, I'm predicting that this is going to be the number one movie on my list of Adam Driver movies. Unless really? it's not as good as, it just seems like it has everything. It does seem like it has everything. Although I think I've told you, having read House of Gucci, his character is a total weenie. And yeah. the book is boring. So. Yeah, but but when I was reading the book, I was, in my mind, thinking about the pictures I'd seen from the production, and I was like, okay, so they took this part, and they took this, like, I think they took the good parts out. The book mm -hmm. is boring because it has way, way, way too much business history and information about, like, how corporate takeovers work, which is incredibly boring. Mm -hmm. But the little crazy things that the family does is awesome. And mm -hmm. I think that that is probably they just strung that together with a little extra exposition and it's probably great. Well, the family seems to hate it. Hate yes. the movie. Not a surprise there. <laughs> yeah. Airing the dirty laundry. But also the complaint that I read from some Gucci person was it was making money to go into the Hollywood system your complaint is really the money. I mean, how rich do you need to be to be resenting the money part? I would think like the privacy part, that makes sense. So yeah, they felt used. I guess they should have cut them in. Maybe they didn't get cut in at all. They got no money for that. 
<laughs> I mean, the other thing that is really apparent from reading the book is the family is totally dysfunctional and they are all in it for the money. Like their whole story and their whole legend, like they made up this whole thing about how they were descendants of saddle makers and bridal makers. And that's why they're so good at leather work. But it's just not true. Like it's mm. just it's all pretend. It's all part of this myth that they're creating around themselves. And they just follow the next trend like every other business there's nothing special about the gucci's except that they're a totally dysfunctional family and family-run businesses don't work like i think that's Mm -hmm. the moral of the story it seemed like the movie production had access to all of their archives their clothes so the company now seems to be run by some other guy the gucci's didn't seem to have a say in that yeah it gets a little confusing at the end there's like a million different takeovers at one point Maurizio Gucci sells it out to this like venture capital company and they end up taking over but they kind of get seduced by the Gucci mystique and I feel like some family members are kind of tangentially involved now but it's not a family-run business anymore because it didn't it wasn't Mm -hmm. good (laughs) have you ever owned a Gucci item no no me neither Oh, can but I it's just that say red though, and green ribbon thing? Is there? Trademark? Oh, there is like a Gucci plaid, and there's like all these Gucci colors and monograms and stuff that they copyright various. The person who emerges is kind of the hero of the Gucci story is Tom Ford, which I forgot. That's where Tom Ford got his start. He was like okay. barely mm-hmm. started as a designer. He's this cute young American. He gets this high tech job and they're like so dysfunctional he basically ends up kind of running the label for a while because they keep firing people and fighting with each other and he like runs himself ragged keep the name going it's kind of awesome they interview him in the book and he has a role in the movie and then there's a young actor who plays him as a young man too so i'm kind of excited to see how that all plays out yeah that's cool so that's coming out and i mean we plan to see that together right in the theater totally we're going to sneak away from our family Thanksgiving weekend and we're going to go. Usually I'm not in town for Thanksgiving, but um, because the kids won't be fully vaccinated, we'll be here. Where do you usually go? To a farm in Illinois where Peter's mom grew up. And they okay. have a very, very big family gathering in the big house on the farm. It's great. It's lovely. And it's too bad that, I mean, we haven't seen those people for two years because that's the only time we see them. But it's a long drive. So, and then I'll be able to see Gucci. I probably could have snuck away there. Last time we were there, we we did sneak away with the kids and, and saw Frozen too, in a really cute theater that is in a small town. I mean, there's just basically small towns around there. Really good thrift shopping around mm-hmm. there. If you ever have the opportunity to go to some place that's real off the beaten track, I mean, you can find really good stuff used because there's not so many hipsters around Picking it over. Picking it over. So we love, love to do that. that when we go there. So, I mean, that's going to be in there, you know. Totally. That could be, it might even be our next episode. My point is we have some breathing room before we have to actually, yeah. like, grit our teeth and watch The Last Duel. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so, so glad. Yeah. Yeah. It's chill. We're, we're fine for a while. Maybe until even 2022. I don't know. Maybe. December's usually busy. We can, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we can put it off. I don't know if I can handle something that heavy while I'm stressed out with the holiday season, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can do whatever we want. So, yeah. you know, we yeah. could watch. What's that baby one? The rabies. <laughs> Gabies. Oh, yeah. Gabies. We could watch Gabies. Yeah, let's. Or I think that. it's Gaby. Yeah, I don't just know. Something, just something light. Something light as a feather. I feel like with this film, 
Wait, uh, can I say my other? Oh, I my God. My I'm sorry. I just can't. Piece. Yeah, okay. Well, I just, I texted it to you this morning. Again, I was looking up fun Kylo Ren bits, and I found a little interview with him, which I think maybe we've actually talked about before, but I enjoyed revisiting it, mm-hmm. where it's just this little three-minute clip that he did for W Magazine, and it's cute because he's got this kind of wry sense of humor, and he's very Adam Driver-y. But the content is him talking. It was in preparation for, I think it was a Patterson media Mm -hmm. call. So he talks about that a little bit. But then mostly he talks about his birthday Mm -hmm. and how for his birthday, I guess in 2019, because that's when Patterson came out, he really, really wanted a dog. And his birthday is November 19th. So it's a little after Halloween and he hates Halloween. He talked a lot about how he hated Halloween and maybe he hates kids and Anyway, his wife got him a dog, and then he talk, tells this funny story about going to get the dog and how, like, the people who adopted the dog's brother named that dog Fettuccine Alfredo or something. <laughs> and he was like, my dog's name is Moose. Mm-hmm. That's all there was to it. He I, hates Halloween, and it was just Halloween. So, Well, I wonder if his feelings have changed now that he's a dad. And I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, because you thought that we'd already talked about it on the show. And then I, that was erased from my memory, because... I was reading one article and it talked about him having a kid and I didn't realize that. Yeah. He so had the kid's kid. got to be like two or three. He might have nine. actually already had a kid when he did that interview because they kept it secret for a year. Yeah. So he was just covering up like He's a deflecting. really good actor. He was acting in the interview. He can't be not acting. Always be acting. For me, it's like always be dehumidifying. In the summer in the basement. Just, yeah. you got to do it. You're going to get a musty. Always be worrying. <laughs> always be anxious. That's what you are? Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's funny for an actor to not like Halloween, unless it's because you just do that as your job, and then you're sick of it, and you don't want to do it on a certain day. Or you're like, these people are amateurs. I do this all the time. That's right. That's right. Or like they're just wearing the costume but this not like in hour. character. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But also it could be because I think a lot of people hate St. Patrick's Day because it's just an excuse to get drunk and messy and it sucks. Mm-hmm. And like Halloween is that way too. So I could see why you might hate that. Don't hate the kids. The kids no. are the best. Halloween is a different thing. I mean, mm-hmm. when you have kids and then you're... Doing the fun things with them. It's so fun. And you're, a, I mean, an expert costume maker. I so, do enjoy making costumes. I'm a big fan. Although you guys knocked out some good costumes this year, too. I know that peanut really got a lot of comments. I know. <laughs> a, I yeah. felt, did I tell you this? I felt kind of sorry for Opal just in that, although I know you said she yeah. had a great Halloween. When they came to our house, Joel was like, gotta see that peanut costume. And Opal yeah. was like, she I'm got, a bunny. She got overshadowed. Yeah. yeah. Because her very cute costume was a bunny, and it went with mine, which was a magician that had a cape. So that was good for me. It's just the peanut turned out so good. Yeah. It was foam, two pieces of foam that we just sewed together, and then Liesl painted it. Just painted those squares. Something with the paint on the foam, it looked very 3D, like how the paint kind of didn't cover totally. Yeah. That from a distance, we were keeping it, storing it on the radiator in the dining room. It's a good place for it. Because, <laughs> like, the paint would need to dry. But from... Brought a little whimsy to the from space. The, <laughs> to, yeah, the display added some, <laughs> some whimsy to the space. 
from a distance, it looked like a real waffle, like a giant waffle. I mean, it was a peanut. You know, they look really similar. Maybe next year she should be a waffle. Yeah. I think Opal should also have like a homemade costume too. Yeah. We've already totally talked about this. A whole brunch. Everyone in the family could be part of it. And the key is foam. The foam we got was like three inches thick. Oh, it's mm-hmm. there it is. Oh, is that it? It's only two it's, inches thick. It's not even two inches. No, it's thick. one, in, one inch it's like thick. One inch thick. Okay, it still was kind of hard to sew. You can get the foam a little thinner, but then maybe it'll be too flimsy. I don't know. I could consult on that. Oh yeah, great. In, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get it going for our brunch Halloween for next year. I mean, there's a lot of brunch items. This could be like multi-family. It could be like a block experience. Yeah, yeah. We could be the brunch block. Or the brunch. <laughs> Yeah. I like it. Love that interview. I don't know if I buy the Halloween stuff. It just seems like he doesn't like anything frivolous, maybe. Yeah, he's he's pretty serious. Hates Halloween. There's a lot of swearing in it. I was watching it with the girls, and uh, I don't mind if they hear swear words, but Peter made a note of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not quite suitable for kids, I guess, unless you don't care if they hear swear words. He um, does seem like he swears a lot, because then I yeah. watched an interview with him for SAG, and he like in the first minute started swearing and then he was like, oh, not supposed to swear in this. And she was like, no, no, fuck it. And I was like, okay. So, okay, have we got the news covered? I think what you need to know is who is Palpatine. Oh, yeah. And so, okay, we are like non-Star Wars people talking about Star Wars. So that's our brand. If you're not into that, I don't know how much you're going to like it, if it's just going to be infuriating, but it could be... We got some feedback that it was good to yeah. hear uh, non-Star Wars people yeah. talking Our about Star- the show, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Who also helped us understand that slanket means sleeved blanket. Yeah, which sort of makes sense. Yeah. Can I read a little bit of this A.O. Scott review? Please do. Not that anybody has asked, but if I had to come up with a definitive ranking of all the Star Wars episodes, leaving out sidebars like the animated Clone Wars, blah, blah, blah. The result could only be a nine-way tie for fourth place. You know I'm right, even if you insist on making a case for The Empire Strikes Back or The Last Jedi. The point of each chapter has been consolidation rather than distinction. For a single film to risk being too interesting would be to imperil the long-term strategy of cultivating a multi-generational, multinational fandom. Perfectly middling, it all amounts to the same thing. I don't disagree with this review. I do disagree with it. Oh. Because... The Rise of Skywalker is my favorite. That's what? my number one. Yeah. My mind is blown. <laughs> I completely disagree. They do. All the episodes tend to uh, blend into right. each other. But this one is my clear favorite. Really? Because mm-hmm. Joel and I, again, before I watched it, I was like, have I seen this one before? And Joel said, maybe. And then when I started watching it last night, I was like, I have never seen this before. Oh. And then... Halfway through, I was like, no, I've seen it. <laughs> I have seen it. I yeah. forgot. I completely, it doesn't matter. It The plot doesn't matter. I completely erase it from my memory. And even during the movie, they have to get to Exogoral or something. <laughs> and yeah. halfway through the movie, I was watching it and I was like, wait, why do they have to go to Exogoral again? Like, I couldn't remember <laughs> half an hour earlier. Yeah, you can't track it. There was a point where they fell through some quicksand. But then they just fell into an underground cave. And I was like, oh, is this when all those spider things come out? But that was from Mandalorian. So I kept thinking, oh, is this when this? But it would be from there's so many things to pull from. None of it matters. 
Here's something I like about it. Remember my big complaint about mentoring and training of female Jedis? Yes. The lack of it? Here we get it. It mm-hmm. starts with Leia mm-hmm. is training Rey to be a Jedi, which is like, yeah. what? Leia got training? And then there was a flashback. They addressed that Luke was training her, and she decided not to continue. I don't really think that is very cool, but she's decided not to. Yeah, she's like, here, I don't want to use the lightsaber. This is going to be for the next generation or something. I feel that she did that because she was like, I am a strong Jedi, but I'm stronger as a general. She's a leader. Mm -hmm. I need to be a leader. Yeah, she doesn't. I was fine with that. Yeah. So I like that that was resolved. Yeah. My complaint there. And I guess I had forgotten that it had resolved when I was having a complaint about it before. J.J. Abrams. Okay. I could not find anything yeah. bad about so it. I've got to make a correction. <laughs> okay, okay. I was confusing him with Joss Whedon, who okay. was the director of Buffy and who did like all kinds of terrible things. Okay. So he's cleared. He's, yes. Apologies Although, to J.J. I also have to read A.O. Scott's summary because i'm totally with ao scott on all of this um, and i think you can't put the original three the re- on the same plane the, as the other i don't stuff. well it doesn't matter none of it matters the none of the, plots the, pre- matter. the prequel trilogy the director okay. is jj abrams perhaps the most consistent b student in modern popular culture burn yes the and okay <laughs> he's consistent at a b so again we don't really care about star wars we're not part of the fandom that's not our thing however he does also then go into talking about Ryan Johnson, who wrote and directed The Last Jedi, injected some rich color and complicated emotion into the chronicles of domination and rebellion, and also a dash of iconoclastic energy. Okay, this is the part I like. While Ray's obscure origin suggested that the rebels might finally come to represent something more genuinely democratic than the enlightened wing of the galactic ruling class... J.J. shows a commitment to dynastic bloodlines and messianic mumbo-jumbo, even as he ends up on a note of huggy, smiley pseudo-populism. Totally agree. Yeah. Don't think Ren should have been, okay, spoiler, Palpatine's granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Dumb. Would be better if Mm -hmm. she was just a random person. Yeah. So Palpatine... Okay, yes. You, he okay. was originally... You got to do the summary. But you have to do it because now I think none of it matters. This is going to be... Probably mostly wrong, mostly incorrect, so apologies. Palpatine was originally in the Senate or something, like in the prequel trilogy. Oh, in the boring ones. In the boring ones. But then he was secretly evil on the dark side. Like how they couldn't tell from his terrible skin. He looked like a more of a regular person. And then at the end of the prequel trilogy, I'll say Obi-Wan Kenobi, possibly, shot some lightning out of his hands onto him and it like made him into that disfigured looking guy that's probably totally wrong but that's what i'm gonna go with for today so then he became the emperor and he was darth vader's boss right so what i learned is actually he was everyone's boss okay you know that part when kylo ren is walking through and he talks like the snork (laughs) snope snope snoke snoke (laughs) See, <laughs> he talks like snow. That's one of those names where like... they take a, a a regular name or word and change one letter. Yeah, which I think is was funny. the regular word snore. <laughs> yeah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> good joke, Leah. It's so funny. Yeah, it's because I'm in the caffeine, caffeine zone. zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did we learn though that in fact he's the shadow boss of all the bad guys of all the episodes? Well, he said. 
I created Snoke. So then we find out. But then he I think J.J. Abrams then- was annoyed at the plot holes in the previous one and was like addressing some of the stuff like where did jj abrams oh, but is he, the plot hole but he did also he did the, the first one of the sequel trilogies he explained where snoke came from right but then in this in the next breath then he talks like darth vader and he's like it darth vader is me snoke is me blah 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 me he's like, just a big tucker he's like a donald trump i think he's like oh this was all you me think they're all different <laughs> empires you do i actually was like oh, oh i think all the sense. empires are the they're, same for yeah, sure they're but... all palpatine i guess in a way he created darth vader like if you count turning someone to the dark side as i created them he did not give like birth to him he's but just taken a lot of credit that, it, that infects all of them with bad i guess i mean where who was his mentor he invented the dark side. Yeah. Is that what he's, he's saying? It. And then, okay, so he's he was apparently dead, but he was brought back to life in this secret underground, under giant floating rock. There was this secret lab where monkeys brought him back to life. Shut up. I think that is not what happened. What are you talking about? There are monkeys in it? Yes, this is my favorite part of it. There were some monkeys. In the movie that we watched. For this week? Is this like a Yoda's butt situation? Only I saw the monkeys? Yes. There were no (laughs) monkeys in it. Yes. Okay. And this is so funny because there's so many puppets and aliens that they create and probably spend a million dollars on each one. But then they were also in this lab or wherever that they had these machines that brought the emperor back to life. There were some monkeys there working on some stuff. No, there weren't. I think there were. And I just think it's so funny that they threw in a couple of monkeys. That's the only like animal, like real earth animal that was in monkeys. Yeah, just like Like a regular, a regular monkey. Yeah. I don't think it was a chimpanzee because they weren't red, orange. That's Um, an orangutan. Oh. (laughs) And actually, I think technically neither chimpanzees nor orangutans are actually monkeys. I think they're actually other things, but I don't actually know that. Were they wearing little black robes, too? Like Palpatine? No, they were more like had goggles on, like welding. <laughs> they were welding? Not, I was I mean, looking were, for welding in this episode. Yeah. I didn't see any. There was some, like, near welding. Okay, well, there were a lot of giant tanks of water with tubes, tubes. going into him. And then there were a weird skeletony figure in one. So he had this giant machinery behind him that somehow kept him alive. But if you can do that much of bring someone back, there's a real lack of vanity on Palpatine's part because he looks even, even worse and grosser. Well, I guess he's the regular emperor pretty much, but his eyes are completely. Yeah, he has no irises. Cloudy. And then it just looks like he has a mouth, but it's black lipstick, but that goes way out of the. Like his edges. lips are That's rotten. pretty much what they did. Yeah. Always so gross. But if you can do what he can do, I mean, why not? What about aesthetics? I you know, know what I about was, aesthetics? I was thinking about that, too, because when he tells Kylo Ren, all of this can be yours. You can be the next it's order like or whatever. It's like, ew. I was like, I don't, I don't want A that for you, A few monkeys in this and no dark. Oh, yeah. And then he, there's the Sith, which are... All the evil like people bad guys. who wear robes and they... Do they also have no lips? I don't know. They don't even have faces or anything. Yeah. They were just like, seem to be empty robes. Yeah, all of this can be yours. Yeah, I don't want it that. It is like the worst. 
<laughs> Not very convincing. Turns out Palpatine is the grandfather of Rey. We never knew in the original or the prequel trilogy, he didn't seem to have a family we ever saw or like children or that was just like made was up like, out of nowhere. Talk about gross. Like, was he having sex with someone to make I think a he child? looked regular. But yeah, I guess. Ugh. I guess Palpatine has had sex. That's really <laughs> gross, right? <laughs> he can Catchy. control monkeys. And <laughs> gross. You do not believe me. I don't. I'm going to watch it again and see if I can find the monkeys. <laughs> and you can watch Star Wars and see if you can see Yoda's butt. Okay. If there's no monkeys in The Rise of Skywalker, there then are... I live in a fantasy world where I see things that don't exist. Well, I want to say But my too, whole family though, saw them. They did? Yeah, because we were riffing about them. them. Okay, because... okay. The other thing is, it's so dark that really you can't see much of anything. So maybe they were there. <laughs> maybe you were making a pie. No. And <laughs> I really paid attention to this okay, one. Okay. I sat down. I did nothing else. Not even your phone. You went. No, I because... did have my phone because okay, I had yeah. to check. Maybe I wanted... it was just like a. Like I said, I kept getting confused, even though I completely, I blocked everything else out. I sat on the couch. I had my, but my phone was running out of juice, so I didn't even use it that much. Mm -hmm. Okay. I believe you. So Ray, we find out, has right. this heritage. She's part of this dynasty of the Force. And other than that, I mean, the plot's like flying spaceships. Okay, so Palpatine now has the Final Order, which right. has a ton of ships, and each ship can blow up a planet. Yep. And so you know they're going to do a lot of that. Right. Uh, they love blowing up planets. Yep, they're, the, that's, they're pretty into that's that. That's pretty much what they do. So There's more of the red guys, like the bad red guys. The ones that were the bodyguards of Snow. Yeah, there's more of those shiny red guys in this one. Oh, there were? They didn't make an impression on me. Really focused on the monkeys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's not a monkey, I can't remember it because that just like burned away everything else. Totally. Okay. <laughs> so the red guys are there and they're blowing up planets. Oh, there's flying stormtroopers. Oh, were they red? The, the stormtroopers can fly now. Yeah. And there's like they, a whole they just have thing the jetpack thing. Yeah. yeah, it's not really flying. That's true. It's not. Lando comes back. And so then what they find out is, as usual, they have this one shot where they have to get the bad guys because, as usual, they have a stupid, obvious, fatal flaw, which is that <laughs> they only have one way to direct all the ships. Yeah, one little uh, like tiny one satellite. Tower. Yeah, Even though they can blow up planets, they're like, let's have one tower. No one will notice. Yeah, they got to do that. That's their goal. Well, that was the plan. That was Poe's plan. Maybe, you know... The fatal flaw of the rebellion is that always what they think of is, let's find one fatal flaw, when really there was a backup because they yeah, realized... Yeah, a stupid backup. Well, they just made the satellite be on one ship, so they figured that out and then yeah. got that ship. Yeah. Why would they not have basically Wi-Fi everywhere in the air like it works here on know. Earth, which I don't understand how it does. And the other thing that's sort of funny about their fatal flaw is that the other fatal flaw, as usual, is they're too big. And so when they're attacking <laughs> yeah, the rebels, they're too big. the rebels are just like, just fly at the same altitude as them. And then they can't shoot at each other because... All they can do they is just, blow up a planet. Yeah. But yeah, they're just flying they're around. Like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> they pew pewed on the giant... Whoa. <laughs> I got so excited. <laughs> Microphone knocked over. Is that... Um, is your stand backwards though now? So they, they would just pew pew on yeah, the giant... Funny planet blowing up cannons and they would just ignite i mean yeah. they would 
fall off the ship so easily where the Millennium Falcon gets pew-pewed and like and nothing fine. happens. Yeah, and most of the characters, only if you're a stormtrooper, at one pew and you're dead. And there was a hilarious moment where there was a hallway with stormtroopers and there was some pew-pewing going on. And the stormtroopers, I, I think it was supposed to be funny. They were flying out and dying and one seemed to be upside down and like flew. <laughs> There's no way he actually got shot. Why was he like hanging from the ceiling? Just because stormtroopers always come out in a huge group and just pew-pew-pew and then they're all dead instantly so easily. Their armor does nothing. No. Why, do, why even wear it's it? It's probably made out of one-inch foam. Yeah, it's made out of one-inch foam. Anyway, so the movie is mainly, maybe I liked it because it's a romance. Totally. It's about unrequited love and lust and sexual frustration. I know. Ray's going crazy. Yeah. She's a caged animal in this one. Actually, she's kind of having like a Ben Solo, Kylo Ren experience. Oh. She's mm -hmm. really struggling with her identity. She feels trapped. She feels rage. She's full of rage. And like, I'm just going to give a thumbs up to something to Peter. I think you should send him a monkey emoji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see thing. about that. Okay. So Ray is trying to get Kylo Ren. To turn? You mean? Well, they're trying to turn each other. Yeah. I mean, they're, but what, they're a dyad. They're mm -hmm. like, this was um, dumb. So dumb. They're really emotionally dumb. linked by the Jedi. So maybe Snoke didn't make that mind bridge for them. The mind bridge was always it's there. It's just dudes taking credit for everything. They didn't actually totally. do it. Like yeah. they were He's like been I did that forever. Mm -hmm. And they have this sexy enemy soulmate thing going on and they're linked mm -hmm. all the time. And every time there are these stressful moments, they're connected with each other. And there's, they have this epic battle on this boat on Exogoral or whatever, or they're on their way to Exogoral. So they have that. And it's sexy, sort of. Like, they, they're clearly so matched. Like, for a while when they're fighting, you're like, this is never going to end because they're mm -hmm. perfectly matched. Okay, this is another thing that drove me crazy. The other thing that keeps coming in, I feel like J.J. Abrams was, we've really got to hammer home that whole thing that they're inheriting the rebellion. So Han and Leia... And Luke, they're all dead, but they're still there because mm -hmm. no one really dies. And they're going to hand off this rebellion thing to Ray and Poe and Finn. So we're going to just hammer that home like eight times in this movie. So we're going to see dead Leia. We're going to see dead Luke. We're going to see dead Han. So when Did, so, we saw dead Yoda, not in this one, we saw dead Yoda last. Not time. even in the distance. OK, I can't and remember. Cookie monster glory. It does. None <laughs> of it matters. So they're having J.J. Abrams drew the line. He's like, he's Yoda's like, not going to speak yeah. in this one because that's too wrote, funny. Yeah, it's too funny. Yeah. So let's just bring out all the ghosts. Here they come. Like, we're handing off the mantle to you. Bam. Bam. And so what happens is they're having this endless battle and they just keep fighting. And there's like water whipping around and blah, 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 blah. And then at a key moment when Ben can take down Ray, Leia says, Ben. And mm -hmm. then she dies. But he's so affected by it, he loses focus, and then Ray gets him. He drop well, he drops his lightsaber. Right. She catches it, just like Arya Stark, which is a Game of Thrones thing. But I see this move all the time now where you Totally. If you ever have a knife or a sword mm -hmm. and someone's holding your hand mm -hmm. to stop all you do, you drop it 
catch it with your left hand totally. and then like, make the what? kill. Now it's been done so much that I don't even know if it's going to work anymore. But she she does that and she kills Kylo Ren. She doesn't though. But she's not a bad she's not a killer. She can't stand to kill, especially since she's secretly in love with him. And she with her hand can heal him and brings On him his back heart, to life. Right over his heart. Yeah, I mean kind of like a little lower maybe, but kind of where his heart cuz he has low pecs. You know, because he has such a long torso, yeah. <laughs> the heart is that I way down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a doctor, so yeah, I like that fight a lot. When, I do too. When they're on the remains of the Death Star, which they figured out this is where triangle thing that takes them to where Palpatine is. I can't remember at all what it is. It's not a good name. Anyway, they both show up there. I don't even know how Kylo Ren showed up there. I guess he just flew in. Just He's just dyad. suddenly there. They're just linked. And they're doing this fight. To me, it seemed like she was getting tired, it looked like. And yeah. then he was... Like I thought struggling. he, yeah, or I kind of thought maybe he was holding back. Yep. Like he, he can't kill her either. Anytime she's almost going to die, he'll save her every time. So it's just a really cool fight. Totally. And then when she leaves, because then they have to go do something else. So then she leaves and he has this moment of turmoil. It's like an echo of the episode when he kills his dad because Han comes back and reminds him of his good and reminds him what he can do. And then all of a sudden, Kylo Ren is like, oh my God, I'm Ben Solo. He throws his lightsaber into the water. And the next time you see him, he doesn't have his cape anymore. Yeah, he just has like long underwear on. Right. Um, black. One review I read called it a questionable sweater. It was a really long sweater and sort of I don't know, ragged leggings? Yeah, it was like a set, a standard Adam Driver outfit, though. Because every time you see Adam Driver, he's just wearing a black pullover and black mm -hmm. pants. All black, yeah. Yeah, that is a touching scene with Han. And uh, <laughs> you're like, eye roll. Was it not touching when Adam Driver cried and said, Dad? Yeah, that, okay. Yeah. That was good. I am going <laughs> to tell you right now, I cried at the end. I was like, why am uh -huh. I crying? This is so stupid. But I had tears rolling down my face. So. Like in, with the three-way hug? No. That you cried? Or what no. when, What part? When Ben sacrifices himself. For oh, my God. When he disappeared? When they kiss. Oh, I know. When they kiss. It's amazing. That's all we get. we're both fans. Oh, yeah. Totally. And they build it up. It was like a Jane Austen. Oh, my God. Because like all they do is like they touch fingers that one time well he puts his hand on her torso though too which well i, I mean like really in the oh. previous episode when they were on that island and they were doing the mind meld thing because it's so not explicit if someone holds hands or touches hands they're just building up the sexual tension but you, hardly anything ever physically happens that you see and yeah, at the end, okay, so okay, wait, fast so forward. What well, are we no, going to... I think we okay. should go through it because there are these little episodes with them, you know. They keep having these connections and they get stronger and stronger. So he can find her even when they're in this faraway place. They have this mind meld and he's able to reach through the mind meld and tear this necklace off of her. Yeah, they can touch. They can touch. And they're not together. Yeah, because of their whole dyad powers. So then they a have whole this, lot of possibilities. this big fight. He has this moment because she gives him a heart by putting her hand in his uniform. 
So then he has this moment with Han. He gets rid of his power blaster. And then... You know what I think? I just want to pop in. It's because he got touched on the face by Han. Because, like, he's <gasps> never been It's touched. always that thing with his cheek. Because there's yeah. also... He's got the scar there. So then in the net, he has that weird thing on his face. Adam Driver must have very sensitive cheeks. Mm-hmm. So he turned. He turned. In the meantime, she's got to go back to the island where Luke lived, and she's got to burn everything down. I can't remember why, but she's trying to get that triangle thing because he broke the one where they had the big fight. So then she, like, burns all this stuff down, and she's all mad. This is the point where I was like, okay, I think I'm done with this movie now because (laughs) she tries to throw her lightsaber into the bonfire and then a hand comes out and catches it. And I was like, ugh, and it's Luke again. again. (laughs) We just can't quit him. He's here again because he's still alive. So let's put him in the movie. Sidebar. I'm not sure when Carrie Fisher died in relation to this movie, but I thought the scenes she was in in the very beginning seemed really weird. And like maybe she was kind of CGI'd in there. Like they just put her face on somebody else. CGI'd in the the entire thing. Yeah, this is something the nerds would know. It wasn't good. Her dialogue sort of made no sense or like pulling it in from old stuff. Yeah. Even the light Too and bad. the way her features yeah. moved looked weird. It looked weird. Yeah. It, it was wrong. Agreed. I think Luke was still alive, so he's in there. So then he has the same conversation with her, basically, that Han has with Beth. Yeah, and he, she's oh, like, I'm... I guess you're right. <laughs> what does he say? I'm you, you're me. I don't know. So then She's though, like, I'm you. I'm going right. to exile here. Like, in me is all the Jedi. Because I, I almost killed what... Chewie. So then... Their identity crises. Right, same old. Right. Same teeniest. identity crisis, different color. Like mm-hmm. Black, white. So then she gets in his old little craft and she gets the triangle thing. And then she goes to Exogoral. This is the other thing that I was like, this is so stupid. Because then C-3PO knows how to get to Exogoral because he finds the blade thing. Mm-hmm. But he can't tell them because his programming doesn't let him translate Sith. I was like, why can't you do like a charades thing? Why can't you get a map and just point to it? (laughs) But instead, they have to go to this other place and they have to have this cute little hacker get into his brain. And then he loses all of his memory. But then later, turns out C-3PO can just put a little drill in his brain and bring or R2-D2 can bring back all his memories. Yeah, he has it backed up. I don't like when they say hacker and I don't like when they say tech. I just think that those are Earth words that seem weird in Star Wars. I don't like it, especially tech. I don't think they said tech in this movie, but I know they have. That didn't bother me at all. Okay. But I was not an English major, so maybe it's different. Yeah, I guess I'm crabby about that stuff. It probably didn't happen in Mad Men, but I'm sure it happened in Miss Maisel, where they would use slang from our time. Well, that drives Mm -hmm. me crazy. I hate that. Yeah. As a former history professional okay. i always enjoy looking for those anachronisms and i've actually this is so dorky but with fellow history professionals i've gone to watch movies just to look for anachronisms for example when i worked at colonial williamsburg i went to see the patriot mm-hmm. a lot of anachronisms in that 
And then also I saw Revolutionary Road with a bunch of my coworkers when we were working on an exhibit about Minnesota's greatest generation. Mm-hmm. And we saw some anachronisms there too. Mm-hmm. And I also blame it on, I mean, they hire young writers for a lot of entertainment and they didn't necessarily know that we didn't say certain words right. in the 90s or whatever. Right. It doesn't bother you gotta me You got to hire Wars, old though. people. You hire yeah. old people and then we can tell you. What it was like before the internet. But in Star Wars, that time never existed. So it's Yeah, really things that are too earthy, like a monkey. Yes. I just think it's really funny mm-hmm. that they just had a couple monkeys. Like, what's the backstory on the monkeys? Maybe there was a malfunction with, you know, one of the puppets they made. And they're just like, oh, well, just get these monkeys. monkeys. What if the monkeys are like in the costumes anyway? They're like, just shoot them without the costume. It's a monkey. It's fun. I'm still not sure there were actually monkeys. <laughs> How would we all have this common delusion, delusion. about the is monkeys? It a Jedi mind trick. Yeah, was the movie doing it to us? And there was a joke in the movie. Is it Poe and Finn and yeah. Ray? And of course they're on the enemy ship. And of course some stormtroopers come up. And it's so funny when they talk. And Ray steps right up and she's like, "It's fine that we're here." And she Jedi mind tricks them. And then Poe says, "Does she do that to us? Because mm-hmm. you could." She probably does. I hope she does, just to have a little fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, where were we? Oh, wait, I wanted to point out another funny thing. At the beginning of the movie, I don't know if you noticed this, when Kylo Ren comes out and he's got all of his stormtroopers with them, and one of them sees him go by and he says, the final order and their leader or something like that, and the other one goes, ghouls. Did Hmm? you notice that? Mm Mm-mm. So I that I did look at my phone then because guess what, the Dead Don't Die came out in January of 2019. Mm-hmm. This movie came out in the fall of 2019, mm-hmm. and I wondered if it was a little tiny reference to the Dead Don't Die. Wow, you Ghouls. were really doing some detective work Ghouls. there. <laughs> they possibly refer to Dead Don't Die in Star Wars, and in Dead yep. Don't Die they refer to Star Wars. Yep. So that's yep synchronicity. Pretty whatever. I don't want to say. Meta, because now that's uh, totally ruined by Zuckerberg. But it was already a kind of a cheesy thing totally. to say. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, I didn't so catch then, that. No. Yeah. Next time you watch it, you can look for the ghouls. We just have such a different movies. experience, like, seeing yeah. these movies. Yeah. So then Ray, they go to Exogirl, and then Ray has to get Palpatine. But then she finds out that by getting Palpatine, she's just playing right into his plan. Mm-hmm. Because... He was luring them he both wants, there yeah. to form this dyad, which is going to real bring him back to life. So he right. won't have to have a machine connected to him. But he also looks no better. No. At first, though, actually, I think he's like, oh, shit. Like, they're more powerful than me because his fingers fall off. Remember, mm. he tries to get them. And then he's like, oh, my God, dyad. This is it. <laughs> and then he like, sucks all their power. Yeah, he lifts them up off the ground. Yeah, and then somehow there's a lot of, like, lightning bolt type stuff. And, well, he just shoots Kylo Ren off, and he falls in some kind of illuminated pit. And he's just gone for a while. So it's just her. And she's laying on the ground, but she, like, wakes up and then... And then and kills she's, him. And then she's like, all the Jedis are in me. And all the Jedis talk to her, and she gets up again. Because he's like, all the Sith is in me. And she's like, well... All the Jedis are in me. And she gets two lightsabers, crosses them. This is like a Ghostbuster cross the stream thing. Totally. That turns out that it just kills Palpatine. Yeah. No bigs. But it kills her. 
Oh, like yeah, yeah. Like, uses up all her energy. Yeah, that's right. She used up all her life force. So she's laying there. Dead. Dead. She's gray. Mm-hmm. She kind of looks like Palpatine. Uh, yeah, but still beautiful. Yeah. Okay, but then you see a hand come up. It's hot. And it's... <laughs> It's Kylo Ren. No, no, slash it's ben. ben. It's Ben. Kylo it's Ren ben. is dead. So I read so this dead. whole thing okay. in the, the Den of Geeks about it. So he's Ben after Han. And you know, because he's just wearing his little pullover thing. Yeah. But then the other thing, and I think this gets to Adam Driver's physicality, mm-hmm. is when he comes to rescue her, he doesn't have his cross sword anymore. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of fighting, but he's really... I mean, but he can they can shoot lightning out of their hands, both of them. We know that. Right. And he's really graceful. He's dancing he's... like a Jedi instead mm-hmm. of this weird... Stomping. Grank... Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not stompy anymore. He's dancing. Mm-hmm. And it's choreographed. And then they have their dyad thing so she can throw him a lightsaber, you know? But he fights like a Jedi, according to the geeks. But I agree with them. He he has mm-hmm. this grace and this lightness that is because he's been now. And also, yeah. though, I think that that's Adam Driver. He's so physical and the way that he's able to wear that and show it physically is. It's kind of like Ray was training him to be a Jedi during totally. that big fight they had on the Death Star. Well, he knew how to be a Jedi. He just crossed it all out and when he went bad. Instead of channeling the dark side, he's channeling the force. He can do both. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. His power. Okay, so Ray is dead. We mm-hmm. see a hand. Then what happens? It's it's Ben. He crawls up and finds her, takes her in his arms. This is our big moment. <laughs> and he puts his hand on her waist. <laughs> and this is conjecture, puts his life force into her. So she lives. But she wakes up for like one sec. And they're both alive still. She's luminous. Their eyes lock and they kiss. This is the... Second time I've seen this, so me too. Turns out it turns out, yeah. The first time you see it, you're like, they're gonna be together, and then he fades away and he's gone. The first time I saw it, I mean, I was crushed by that. I didn't want it to happen. Tears, I yeah, had tears pouring down my face. So they don't get to be together, but he kind of sacrificed himself for the good side, but. So while you were on your call, I yeah. was doing a little reading uh-huh. about Kylo Ren as a Byronic hero. A what? Listen, English major. Is this referring to irony? No, Ironic? Byron. Byron. Oh, Byron. Byron. It was like two ironies? Byronic. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to tell you, I was reading all these blogs about how Kylo Ren is a Byronic hero. I'm going to post the really good article because there's this one article that shows all these really cool representations of him as a Byronic hero. And it's good. And I can't find it now. But I will post it on our Facebook page okay, cool. because, you know, the idea of the Byronic hero is like Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights. You know, he's tormented. He lives by this moral code that you may or may not understand. He's capable of love, but he's also capable of immense cruelty in a lot of tropes the byronic hero is older he's mysterious he comes he has from black a, hair his black hair he comes from kind of a from a wealthy or uh, an elite family and usually the heroine mm. is poor mm-hmm. she's from in mm. indeterminate origins i didn't know this but apparently eddie redmayne auditioned for kylo ren and they had him read from pride and prejudice Hmm. Mr. Darcy <laughs> fits that mold. So why am I telling you this? Oh, just because he fits that trope. And mm-hmm. also, I didn't know this either, but like Milton, 
who wrote Paradise Lost is one of the first people who really makes the devil kind of like a sexy anti-hero. Mm-hmm. And arguably, Kylo Ren is that same thing. He's that beautiful fallen angel, totally went in the other direction, but is like kind of sexy. And I... Well, yeah. Like, I mean, totally... the devil card in tarot is devil, but also sexiness. I was like, Kylo Ren can get it. Just a quick tweak to Byronic, which I think confuses me. I want it to be Byronesque. Okay. Can we just change it? Because it yeah. sounds like ironic. It sounds like bionic man. Or it's moronic. just moronic. It's confusing. Yeah. yeah, I wish I could speak more to that as my bachelor's degree from a million years ago. But uh, I didn't like that stuff and I avoided it like the plague. Okay, so they have their big moment. Hux gets, <laughs> ki- <laughs> gets oh, killed. He was the comedic foil for me this time. Yeah, he was funny. He was in that show called Run on HBO. He wasn't like a pasty redhead. He was like a, a cute, sexy redhead. So he died because he was trying to stab Kylo Ren in the back and he tried to betray him just to bring him down. I am the he spy. <laughs> he just what couldn't. Is this ridiculous. He just couldn't keep it in. Yeah. I also want to comment on Kylo Ren's quarters. Talk about minimalist. I of it as his office. Yeah, his office. Or, But I think it was he maybe more quarters. like his bedroom oh you're in my quarters everything was pure white and he just had laying out just for decoration the Darth Vader <laughs> the Darth Vader mask <laughs> and then no drawers or I mean no furniture anything so he just goes but there's paces like a, around in there yeah but there's like a bucket of red beads remember when he comes in no and he's like wait I'll tell you and then he comes to his quarters and they have a fight and they hit something and all these red beads that's fall from out. where she was no, like, she's in his quarters. No, that's where he was. She was in his quarters, and she was in that festival that no, no, happens. that's different. That's a different time. When she's in his quarters, and they're talking, and she touches whatever yeah, that's a different, helmet. Mm-hmm. That's a different one. And then he's Because then like, she grabs, he like, grabs know, a necklace. Yeah, that's okay. a different time. So then he gets there, and she's gone because she's gone to his quarters. And then they're talking. <laughs> the red beads are cracking yeah, up. So he's I the thought red the red beads. beads were from the fight when she was at the festival. Nope. Where was he when she was in the quarters? He's on a planet. He thinks she's on that planet where the spice runners are. So he but goes down I to the planet she where the spice runners are. hit something, and the beads were from where he was. No. So he's on the planet where... Where the spice runners are you're hard to find and she's like yep and then he sees her touch something or he knows and he's like oh my god you're in my quarters and he's like i know who your parents are wait i'm gonna come tell you so then he comes to his quarters and they have a fight and then there's yeah. like a bucket of red beads light speed you just yeah i'm, I'm well, gonna there was come something tell you. <laughs> bucket of beads well he had the darth vader mask and then he also had that dagger just laying out the Sith yeah, dagger just, with, just and also Chewie's crossbody bag. Yep. Yeah. That's why they're there. They go to get Chewie. And then... I noticed that Chewie, when he didn't have his crossbody bag on, there was a moment he lets out a pathetic, like, ah. he looked quite pear-shaped, I thought. Maybe it was just his fur. I mean, not a comment on his weight at all. He just looked kind of pear. Like less and like... upper body strength than you would expect <laughs> yeah. from a warrior. Yeah, it's really the, the bag that... It creates a line. Mm-hmm. I think that's very mm-hmm. flattering yeah. to his silhouette, and he must figure that out at some point. I always like it when you get a glimpse of the bag because you usually just can see the cross thing, but then when you realize it's actually a, like a purse. This movie is like if AOC and 
the QAnon shaman had a secret hot romance. They were secretly in love with each other. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. <laughs> okay. I see your point. I was trying to think I of to be more romantic. Yeah, I well I was just I trying have to no th- respect for the QAnon shaman. Okay, that's too earthy. I just love the that photo of the QAnon shaman in the Capitol with the horns on oh, and he's that shirtless. Guy? Yeah, who are you thinking I meant? I don't know. I just heard QAnon shaman and I was like, no. He was the and one you're like, who couldn't he, in jail yeah, he, he had, had to like be vegan or something. Diet. Yeah, although actually that's totally something Kylo Ren would do. I mean, to be clear, I hate that riot and the, the whole thing. But I love that photo of him surrounded by all the other rioters. And they're just baseball cap beard men. And then he's just there with no shirt writing on his body. It's like a football game with the horns. And it's just, I don't want to say funny. He, I think, was maybe a, on TV or something or like a model or yeah, bodybuilder so or something. My point is he's on the opposite side of you, AOC. She's also totally hot. They see each other in the riot. I feel like this could be some kind of like really trashy romance novel or something. So I tried to make a comparison there. Yeah, it didn't really, didn't really land though. But if you're in love with someone who is like on the opposite side of you... I know. That's the, what the I was trying to though, think of. Is, is that they're equals. I get it. I get it. it. Can you think of anyone else who could fit into? It's hard to bring it into our world because I, I feel like you anyone can. that's Republican is just it's like, like not cute. No, it's, it shouldn't be done. So any other thoughts from? I just wanted to point out that I saw Jodie Comer and I was super. <laughs> yeah, she's come up before. She so plays, she's in the last duel. And she plays Ray's mom. I like so, that. Yeah, that's cool. That was a nice oh, crossover. And I wanted to point out that I love Richard E. Grant, and I was so happy he was in it. Who is that? He's the really bad guy. He's the guy who takes over for Kylo Ren. Oh, that guy. Okay. I love him. What I else is he in? Anything. He's way more famous in England than he is in America. In England, he has a cult classic. My sister and I used to have it on tape. It's called With Noel and I, and it's hmm. wonderful. And if you ever want to watch it, I, I could recite it to you right now. I've seen it so many times. It just didn't make it over here. I just adore him. I'll watch him in anything. So I was really happy to see Richard E. Grant. I did want to say, too, but this might be a nerd conversation more than anything else. I do not understand why Finn has to have an American accent. John Boyega, that actor, he's English. And there's so many people with English accents Ray. in that movie. Yeah. And they're good guys and bad guys i started trying to read it and they said that john boyega has like a real typical sort of working class london accent and that that wouldn't fly like the british accents in that movie are radio english hmm. daisy ridley has that and like richard e grant has that so that maybe that would be jarring that he sounded too working class but i thought it was so confusing because there are stormtroopers that have english accents that is so odd. why do they make him have an american accent I don't think in America people distinguish between the different British accents and where they are class-wise, so I don't think that's a reason. I know, that I seems don't get questionable it. to me. I tried to find it, and they said that they had an interview with John Boyega, and they had him start with an English accent, and then J.J. Abrams just said, quote, it didn't work. Oh, all right. I didn't get that. Okay. So I... Didn't I'm work. curious. Mm. I don't really understand it. I feel like we need to investigate it more. Finn finally gets some credit in this one. And yeah. Poe, the de facto leader after Leia dies, is like, I can't do this alone. Wait, Finn. Finn will help me. So then yeah. he gets Finn. 
And then they call each other general, like general, general, general. They got yeah. kind of into that. Yeah. There's not enough Rose in this movie for me. No. She was hardly in it at all. I know. She just got ditched. I have two last things. One, I think we should do a little our personal summary of what makes Kylo Ren eternal and why we love Adam Driver. But then also, first, I want to know why this is your favorite of the three. I just get the most into it. I think it's because it's so much about their relationship with Ray and Ben. Mm-hmm. And I really like that fight when they're in the waves. Mm-hmm. I think that looks so cool. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, little things. I just got into this one more. And the last one, I just was more annoyed by the plot holes and stuff where I, I sort of can't stop the internal dialogue of like, why didn't, you know, I don't know if there's monkeys in it. I like that. <laughs> I like it. And I guess it's satisfying that like, you see the transformation of Kylo Ren turning from bad to good. I really liked when he was stabbed that he was sitting there and he had sort of like a double chin. And I really like those Adam Driver moments when you see him looking like he has a weak chin from the side. Certain angles, he looks so handsome and debonair. And then he can also look goofy. And then sometimes he looks like a a weird character actor. I agree. And I really like that he doesn't watch himself. And I think that's great. Because if he did see those maybe some unflattering angles, he might not do that again mm-hmm. as much. He might be like, oh, you know, I would look better because it's so hard to not just worry about your appearance. And I think he doesn't. And that's what makes him great. Yeah, I agree. So I love that he was kind of crunched over because he was like dying from this injury. So, of course, he shouldn't look great. So he's got that kind of neck thing going on. And I like that he turned good mm-hmm. and that the power ultimately ended with being in Ray. Mm-hmm. So as a feminist. I agree. My favorite part is that battle that they have. It's They're so well matched. They're so strong. Did we talk about this last week that this is the first time he played somebody who's younger than himself? Oh, like plays, what's his age? Well, now he's he was born in 1983. So he's 39 now. But what's going about to turn 39? But Kylo Ren. Yeah, what's his age? Well, in the start of the movie, he's probably like in his late 20s. And by the end, he's probably what, like 35 or something like that. But the Mm -hmm. fact that he's so impetuous at the beginning. Mm, Yeah, he's like a teen. He ages into himself over the three episodes, I think is really great. And the way his, I mean, this is makeup too, but the way his face looks too, he's so young and colors of his face and the way it looks really changes. And I think that owes a lot to his physicality, the way he's able to convey the differences between stompy Kylo Ren and graceful Ben. To your point about him not watching himself, I was trying to learn a little bit more about that in my research. And he says it's because he comes from the world of theater and you don't see yourself when you're performing in theater and it lets you be braver. And I think mm-hmm. that's true. And you see Yeah. That. I mean, that's why a video call with a camera on is just... A night you just see yourself, you see yourself talking. It's so hard to be in the moment with also seeing an image of yourself. One moment I also love in this movie is when they're on like some deserty type of planet and Ray is on the ground and Kylo Ren's coming up in a ship to quote unquote kill her, but we know that he can never kill her, but he just wants to see her again. He's just trying to bump into her. Oh, You're I'm going to come and to kill you. But really, he just likes her. And she's on the ground. 
the ship is coming up. She leaps and with her lightsaber cuts off one side of his ship. And so he crashes. That was so cool. I I love that flying stuff. But then also when he gets out of the ship and he comes striding towards her, he looks like such a bad angel with his cape flying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about our passion for capes, and I thought that now we're really seeing it. I also felt that I had a passion for hoods this Uh, month. Yeah, yeah. I thought Ray looked so cute when she had her hood up, when she was throwing all that stuff into the bonfire. I was like, let's bring back some hoods. Yeah, when you got a cape and a hood, I mean, that's awesome. What else do you need? There's... Always the thing of sometimes they can fly and they can definitely float. And Ray's very good at floating and also having a ton of rocks floating around her. So then why do they bother to climb up a steep thing, you know, like with their hands and Mm -hmm. it's a big struggle. And it's like you could just levitate up there. It's kind of a thing you just have to suspend your disbelief. Definitely, definitely. I am hopeful about this. Now that we know what a slanket is, I found a sewing pattern mm-hmm. that is essentially a sleeved blanket slash mm-hmm. cape. And I am thinking that there might be something in it for us. A mm-hmm. designated driver, sleeved blanket, cape with hood. Very cool. For wintertime I, recording. I have an item that's coming in the mail that is designated driver related. I'm not going to tell you okay. what it is. I'm going to give it to you. <gasps> I'm so excited. Okay, well, I'm going to work on the sleeved blanket hood cape concept. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I worked in an office where, like, the heat didn't work. I mean, offices are always cold, and then this was even worse. So I'd have full, like, sweaters on. And then I wore a shawl every day that I just had at work. Mm-hmm. A shawl is a great item. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a slacket, but, I mean, but your arms mm-hmm. are not warm enough. So should we rate? What kind of rating are you going to give this one? I'm going to give it four combs. Okay. A little step down from The Last Jedi. Yeah. The Last Jedi, I think, is a better movie. But I love that we get to see Kylo Ren come into his own as Ben. It wraps up the Kylo Ren trilogy for us. The last moments of the movie are it's like the three-way hug. It's just kind of a really nice ending. Mm -hmm. And it kind of refers to the trilogy. And then there's Lando. He's there. There's that girl who rides the horse, which it seemed like she might be a love interest to Finn for a while. But then she's like looking at Lando and he's looking at her. And it was either going to be like a you are my father moment or like, is he hitting on her thinking like he's still got it or something? That was weird. I'm going to give it a five. Mm -hmm. Five comb because this is my favorite. This is my favorite Star Wars movie. Even though I cannot remember the title, but it's The Rise of Skywalker. No, Skywalker. Yes, when Ray goes to Tatooine, which is where Luke grew up, I think that's right. It's some planet in, with two suns. More sand. It, a lot of sand. Totally deserted. She makes the lightsabers go down and sink down into the sand with the force. And then just some uh, lady happens upon her and says... And she has a camel that has two eyes on one side of its head. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, yeah. They couldn't just use camel because you can't use animals unless it's a... The horses were real horses with... Were they playing horses or were they playing No, they're supposed to be something else. Yeah, yeah. But they were real horses inside. And the lady is like, who are you? And she goes, Ray. And then she's like, Ray, What? And so we were just laughing, like, when do you meet someone and they say their name? If I'm like, what's your name? You would just say, Aaliyah. Yeah. I wouldn't say, 
Aaliyah, what? Yeah, That'd be really time. rude. Well, if you were like on a grumpy service call and you were filled with rage and you wanted to report <laughs> oh, yeah. them to their manager, you would oh, be like, no. Aaliyah, what? Yeah, that's really like not good. Like when you're first meeting someone to just demand. And then she looks off into the distance for like five minutes and she sees the ghosts of the former Jedis. You know what they could have done there? They could have been there, but they didn't. I guess mm. he wasn't dead long enough. Oh, he's not dead long enough to come back. He's still Maybe in like to be in like Jedi purgatory. Yeah, okay. And then she finally looks back to the lady and says, Skywalker. So that's I the liked next that Skywalker. Part. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. It was a little un- unintentionally funny because how would that setup happen? So I think we did it. Yeah. We did all the Star Wars movies. It seemed like a big project. I'm you know. happy we did it. I oh, I yeah. enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Oh my god, I forgot. I was gonna I'm not gonna do this now, but friends, I do wanna tell you that if you're interested in yearbook by Seth Rogan, he has a whole chapter and it's called Twenty Twelve and it's all about the time that he gets to meet George Lucas kind of by accident because he has a meeting with Steven Spielberg, who's friends with George Lucas. And George Lucas basically tells him that the world is going to end in 2012. And he basically implies that he has a spaceship hidden on his Skywalker ranch so that when the big one hits, he will be able to depart with some important people. And apparently Skywalker Ranch is east of the fault line. And that is not a coincidence, according to George Lucas. And then... Seth Rogen ends by saying, you should never meet your heroes. I say meet them, but just be ready for them to not invite you onto their spaceship. Oh, it's uh, that makes him really sound like a cult leader thing, He's like ridiculous. picking a day in the future when the world is going to end. Yeah, and apparently oh. the whole time they're talking to George Lucas, Steven Spielberg is just like rolling his eyes like, this guy. Funny. <laughs> you should read it. It's yeah. really funny. Did you watch the show The O.C.? When it was yes, on? I loved it. Me too. Huge fan. Stan. Same. Yeah. Same. But I mean, we didn't have stands at that time. Right. That was so before just, that. Just for everyone who doesn't know that. But do you remember the episode when Adam Brody meets George Lucas and they have dinner? No. For <gasps> some reason. Okay. Adam Brody. So Seth. Cute. I don't know. He's like wondering if he should go to prom or something. <laughs> <laughs> or like prom. <laughs> Is on the same night as this night when he can somehow meet George Lucas. So it's like disappoint summer or go meet George Lucas or I don't know. But he does go and meet, sits down at a dinner table with George Lucas. And he says, you should go to prom because you're missing out on, you shouldn't be like me who is just like a super nerd making up all of these different worlds and different creatures. You should go be normal and go to prom and so then i think he goes to prom i think that happened yeah that was probably good advice george lucas clearly would have done well to socialize with people more frequently but then we wouldn't have star wars so is it i think when you get older you're always like if i would go back i would do the opposite stuff that i did Mm -hmm. is an a b experiment Mm -hmm. see how things turned out but you probably can't escape your destiny just like yeah. Ben and Ray, and yeah. and they destroyed all those pale, scarred, disfigured, sewed up 
Like Frankenstein looking people. This is my last thing. But when she's like Skywalker, I was like, is that because you're married to Ben? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. You See, took his name and emotional Not because marriage. of Luke. Yeah. Because of they're ben. now your family because you're married to Ben. But he faded away. I know. So you're his Maybe widow. they can secretly have, uh, you know, because they're always there. Yeah. And sometimes they're like in the flesh. I know. They can touch things. Yeah. I think, you know, it works. I think they are together. I'm sure the internet has figured that out a long time ago, but you can hear it in real time. We're Raylo stands. Yeah. This is my last. And it's nothing to do with Adam Driver. But where did you find that hilarious video about the woman walking around her house, pointing at different messy things as if they were displays? Where does it? <laughs> I, I don't know. My I world changed. Yeah, put it on the Facebook page. Funniest video ever. I always have these little words in my head now when I see a peanut on the radiator. You know, just the weird way your house gets when you have kids. It's pretty great. <laughs> I think Random. about it a lot, too. Yeah, we found a home tour video, but it's very real. I'm a huge fan of that video. Yeah, me too. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. This has been really fun. And I think next time we're going to do What If. We'll just fit in maybe What If right before House of Gucci. Yay! Best movie ever. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.